This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When looking for a new home, location is so important. And as sports fans, you obviously want to be close to your favorite sports teams. So if you're in the market of buying a new home, you gotta check out Aria Denver Homes. They are located just 10 minutes away from downtown, Coors Field, Pepsi Center, and Bronco Stadium at Mile High. So what makes Aria Denver unique is the home buying process is all about you. You know, we offer free home inspections. We make sure we're in a great location in Denver, um, as well as we outreach into the community and have a lot of involvement with a lot of different businesses, as well as, you know, parks and other areas in the location. Like Tyler mentioned, Aria Denver believes the home buying process is all about you. That's why they offer that free home inspection, customizable finishes, and brand new appliances. But that's not all. So we specifically have a greenhouse on campus at Aria um, that residents are able to sign up for a subscription service and have fresh veggies delivered to, to their door each week. And then we also have a great relationship with Regis University. So our partnership with Regis allows residents to have access to the fitness center and gym. Move today where everyone wants to live tomorrow. To learn more, go to www.aria.denverskyloffs.com or call them today at 720-372-1022. Welcome in to a Friday edition of the BSN Broncos podcast, the final podcast before the Broncos play a real football game. Uh, it'll be a long weekend, I think, but plenty of football for everyone to take in before the Broncos kick off late on Monday night. And then, of course, Zach and I will be doing a post-game pod uh, while Mace will be on the ground in Oakland after the game. We'll have you covered from wall to wall after the game. And boys, football season is here. It is here and does it feel so good seeing some terrible, exactly what I thought, some terrible offense yesterday from some below average quarterbacks. Wow. Well, they played below average. I'm not going to sit here and call Aaron Rodgers below average. I don't, all Mitchell I've seen Tra- the past two years is below average. Mitchell Trubisky, well, not a below average <laughs> touchdown and reception ratio. But that's what happens when you throw it out of bounds. Mitchell Trubisky is below average. Mitchell Trubisky on that last drive in particular had no clue where the ball was going. They had no, the Bears had no shot. Chicago's offense at one point in what we have learned is the first first and 40 in the 100-season history of the National Football League with that game kicking off the NFL's 100th season. They chose that because of the history involving the teams. Who knew we would get 
some form of history like that. First and 40. It was, it was football. It wasn't good football, but it was football. I, I, maybe I'm a simpleton here. Like, I was just, like, like, mouth open, just, like, so enthralled by the fact that there was real football on the TV. I was completely and utterly entertained from whistle to whistle. Here's something that people wanted to see, Broncos fans wanted to see. They wanted to see the Bears' defense get shredded and then say, see, Vic Fangio, he's a genius, absolute genius. He was the reason that that defense was good, not because of the talent. Well, that didn't happen. It was clear that Vic Fangio had a lot of talent. Now, everyone knew that, but Broncos fans wanted to see it, and they didn't get it. So just know that Vic Fangio has a lot of talent on this defense too, though. Well, the way the Bears played last night, it reminded me, this is going way back. We're going to the mid-'80s Bears, the famous, you know, the, the famous <laughs> defense of times, Mike Mace. Singletary at middle linebacker, Richard Dent. They won Super Bowl twenty. Well, after they won Super Bowl twenty, Buddy Ryan left Chicago to take the head coaching job in Philadelphia, and they hired Vince Tobin to replace him as defensive coordinator. They changed tactics a little bit, but by a lot of measurements, the 86 Bears defense was actually better than the 85 Bears defense that has gone down in history. I'm not saying that the 2019 Bears defense is going to be better than the 2018 edition, but it's going to be elite. It's going to get there in a little bit of a different way. Chuck Pagano has some different packages he likes to throw in there. They're still going to be one of the two best defenses in football if they stay healthy, no matter what. I was impressed. Uh, they played better than I thought they would. Yeah, you put Chuck on uh, on blast yesterday. I did. Here's what I'll say. The Packers' offensive line is still a massive issue. Um, other than Bakhtiari, who played solid other than two holds, which is almost as many as he had all of last season, I thought they looked bad. Now, it's a little. it can be a little bit of both, you know? Like, it can be the fact that the Bears' defense is really good and their front seven is really good, and... The Packers offensive line looked really bad, but I was also really underwhelmed with the play calling from the Packers. I was not impressed with LaFleur's first uh, first chance at running the Aaron Rodgers show out there. And, and so, yes, we have to give the Bears credit. They looked great, and they're probably going to be better on defense than even I expected them to be this year. Uh, but it wasn't all just dominant defense i think on both sides there was some incompetent offensive play to to uh to counter that i think matt lafleur has to realize he's got aaron Rodgers at quarterback he doesn't have marcus mariota like he had in tennessee he can open it up dime a dozen between marcus yeah. mariota and aaron Rodgers. Oh, okay. <laughs> really quick question for both of you guys though who would you rather have for this year Derek carr or mitchell trubisky who on the broncos any team. Sure, the Broncos. Carr. Yeah, I take Carr no on doubt. the Broncos. How about that? How yeah. about that? And Trubisky's the, supposed to be the hot guy, you know? And I, I never bought into him last year. I didn't buy into him this year. But he was the rising guy. He took a big step last year from his rookie year. He took a big step, but the scheme helped him out. The quality at running back helped him out. He doesn't have Jordan Howard that he can lean on anymore this year. And, frankly, some of Trubisky's issues that he had coming out of North Carolina, you know, Reading the defense was sometimes a little bit off. That came to fruition last night. I mean, what on earth are you doing throwing that fade when there are two defenders right there, another Packer defender in the area? What are you looking at there, Mitch? What are you seeing? There's no 
possible way a pro quarterback should make that decision to throw the, to throw the fade there with that kind of coverage? He, he was throwing the, the throw that he thought he was going to throw before he called the play. I mean, he, he just maddened it. Like, so he's not at, reading the defense. Right. You looked at the play and you said, oh, I like this route. I'm going to throw that one. And I loved hearing after the game uh, Tremont Williams t- said that Adrian Amos – Told them that that was gonna that that was gonna be the throw on that play, and so if you look, he kind of comes off. He he sees it happening right in front of his eyes, and just takes off after the after that route, which is uh, pretty impressive stuff from Adrian Amos, who used his institutional knowledge of that Bears offense and and the way Matt Nagy calls plays. He said he saw him call it early in the drive, and he said, "Hey, look out for that seven. They're gonna throw that again later in this time later in this drive, and and there it was right there for him." Uh, quickly, I have to tell you that the BSN Broncos podcast every day is presented by Strava Craft Coffee. It's CBD-enriched coffee, and it's really changed lives. The reviews are incredible. People love this stuff. They swear by it, and it can help you with a multitude of different things. So check out Strava Craft Coffee today. All right, one last quick housekeeping note here. Congratulations to Gunner Kane who is our WGT hey. winner this week. Got it inside a foot. Insane. Almost as good as his son is at real golf. If you didn't mm. know, Gunner's son is a golf prodigy. Ooh. So maybe uh, maybe uh, Gunner passed the sticks off mm. to his son, and he just he showed him the way. But uh, you're the winner. So, Gunner, make sure you email, um, I believe it's help at bsndenver.com or merch at bsndenver.com, whatever one sticks in your head more, uh, and let them know that you won this week and you can collect your prize. Remember, you can get in every week on uh, the latest prize, and I guess I will at some point during this podcast choose what hole we're going to play this week, but join, go to freewgt.com, play along with us, and every week that you play is another entry into the grand prize drawing, which is going to be incredible. Your choice of a jersey or tickets to a game. I freaking love this game. I hated your selection for the hole this week, Ryan. That was brutal. It was awful. Nothing about it said that it was going to be hard. I hated it. I, I hated it. It was so difficult. What'd you get? I, I didn't even take a screenshot oh of anything. Oh, my God. Of anything I got I it within three and a half feet yeah, on my I, first swing, and I didn't even play again. Yeah, I think my best one was like 10.5, and, wow. and I knew that wasn't going to be good enough, and the rest were just way worse than that. Well, I'm uh, 3-0. and oh. Maybe Mace can join this week and uh, give me a little bit of a challenge. So let's say Mace or anyone else wants to join you, go to freewgt.com. Yeah, Mace, you better join this week. Yeah. Where do I find time to play golf? That's the problem. You just have to play one hole. That's what's great about it, though, is it? I, I, I think it's just as good as golf, although I don't play golf much. But it's mm. so quick. You don't have to drive to the range. You don't have to spend, what, four and a half hours on the course? Spending four and a half hours on the course is, will be the best four and a half hours of your week. But if you depends don't have how, time like Mace. Well, it depends how well you play. Because if you play badly, it might be the worst four and a half hours you spend. That's true. I, I, I feel like I've reached golf zen, though. Where I can't be impacted by my score. Like, I'm just so happy to be on the course with my buddies in the sun. This is sort of like uh, Chevy Chase and Caddyshack. Are you. No, 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 no. 
Don't tell me you've never seen, seen Caddyshack. Of course I've seen Caddyshack. Uh, well, I don't know, you know I what know, your know, 80s pop culture... It's okay. You have, to, you have to test the water. I've been told that we have to work on you two with Golden Girls, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah. ju- it just doesn't really seem like I'm the target demo of Golden Girls. <laughs> I think that's part of the point is that you have these older ladies, but they're talking about their sex lives. It's so... I'm enthralled. Now I definitely want to watch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, some other housekeeping. Uh, Nacho Brad officially sent in our BSN Fantasy League donation to Shield 616. If Mace or anyone else doesn't know what happened, we have we have a pay league for our fantasy league at BSN, and everyone put in 50 bucks. Half of that money went into a prize pool. Half of it is going to Shield 616. Good. Uh, so 800 bucks. From the BSN community to Shield 616. Too cool. Just another thing. We can, you know, we can just add it to the list of cool stuff that this community has done. So Nacho Brad, the idea, all his. Um, so he gets all credit for that and for putting together the Fantasy League. He's a true all-star, and, and we're really proud of, of you guys. Like, we can't even take credit for this one at all. Uh, but it's all you guys who, who put this together, and, and especially Nacho Brad, for, for making the, the BSN community good, look good once again. Yeah, Nacho Brad, so awesome. Just all the work you do. I mean, when, when does this start? Back in March or April of him putting all this together and then the great idea. Uh, so thank you so much for, for wrapping that up. And Ryan, is your fantasy team still holding up? One game into the season? Hey, no one played yet, so we're good. Uh, I feel like like I'm, I'm just one injury away from, from being fantasy quit guy. Your first round pick? Yep, my first round pick. If, if Christian McCaffrey <laughs> touched wood a million times. I was going to say, that's the most you've ever touched wood. Was to get hurt, I would fold the franchise. <laughs> uh, okay, so... As it relates to the Broncos. Game week, baby. Game week. We are so close. I mean, it, it kind of sucked actually getting a, the tease last night. Because now we have to wait two more days before there's any more NFL football. And three more days before the Broncos play. It feels like it's going to be an eternity. And pretty yeah. much four more days since they play at 8 p.m. Well, and don't forget, you start the preseason before anybody else. And then you end, you start the regular season after anybody else. As if you needed the build up through the preseason to be any longer. I mean... You have to go back probably to to the 1970s for a team that had to wait longer for its season opener from the start of the preseason until now. How many days will it have been from when they opened camp to when they kicked off? Don't do that to yourself. It's going to be too sad. Okay, it's going we to be were too depressing. We covered the barbecue on July 17th. Do we count that, or are we thinking first practice? Oh, absolutely, Let's count that it. counts. Okay, so that's day one, 17 to 31 in July. That's 15 days. 31 in August, 46, and then the game's going to be on the uh, the 9th. So it's 55 days. That is unbelievable. 55 days. Pretty and, much the length of a season. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. Those guys who played back in the 60s and 70s when you had a six-game preseason, a regular season that didn't start until mid-September, 14 games, and then training camp that started in early July, like right after the 4th of July, because they needed six weeks to get into shape because they didn't have the kind of off-season programs so they're they have right now. they smoking cigarettes all off-season. Yeah, I mean, in those days, you literally had two, sometimes two and a half months from the moment you reported to camp until the start of the regular season. So it could be worse. Thank it has been worse. Goodness, it's changed. To be honest, it feels like this this – 
training camp started in the 1960s. <laughs> um, really quick, as it relates to last night's game, I hadn't thought of this, but it's kind of a scheduling, uh, kind of a scheduling error, I would say, on the part of the NFL. The Bears play on Thursday night, and then play the Broncos next Sunday, and the Broncos go the late game on Monday night, and then play that team that's on ten days rest on short rest. It seems like. A little bit of a uh, uh, an unfair scheduling mishap there. It's happened a couple of times, though. Not at the start of the regular season, but it's happened over the course of the regular season at some point where you've had the team that had the extra day of rest and beyond a normal rest for Thursday night football and then a team on a short week. This has happened before. So. Um, maybe it'll do what uh, Long Rest did to the 2007 Rockies when they had to wait for the World Series. Oh, yeah, good. but the problem is the Rockies had, had momentum. positive momentum at the time. They didn't want the break. The, ra- the Bears need time to reshuffle some things on offense, get things to click again. By the way, isn't it interesting how last year we were talking about offense, offense, offense. We recall that Rams-Chiefs Monday night game in particular – and now the last two NFL games that have been played at a combined 29 points. Crazy. It would be it would be very poetic if this was like the year of the defense after last year and ever and all the uh, the handsome friends of Sean McVay getting hired uh, just because they they like offense and they look good. Um, someone someone tweeted at me like, "Wow, like the Bears are gonna have so much time for preparation." I'm like, they had like 200 days to prepare for the Packers, and it didn't help them very much. Exactly. And you mentioned that it's happened in the middle of the regular season. That's actually worse because the Bears won't have film on the Broncos and, and the way they're doing things in 2019 until Tuesday, really. But they know Vic Fangio's defense. However, Vic Fangio also knows their offense. So I would argue for the Broncos, it's a best-case scenario when you have this sort of difference in preparation time because Vic's going to be able to lean on a lot of what he knows about that Chicago offense. I imagine it won't take him very long to game plan this thing. Good point. All right, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves here because there's a game on Monday, and it involves the Raiders. Guys, is there any new update as it relates to Antonio Brown? Yeah, and that's he hasn't been suspended. No, nothing official has come out. Yesterday, John Gruden said that something would come out later in the day. You'd think that's a suspension, whether it's for, again, a half, a, a, a month, half a year. Nothing. Nothing came out last night. So what does that mean? Well... We're getting a report from Jacina Anderson of ESPN this morning about some details regarding the dust-up between Antonio Brown and Mike Mayock. Raiders source confirmed information from another league source who said Brown called Mayock a, quote, cracker, unquote, and unleashed a barrage of cuss words, cuss words in quotes, during the altercation. The team source said Mayock tried to keep his cool and diffuse the situation. Of course, it's a team source. They may be kind of watching out for Mayock. said, Mayock was like, I'm cool. I understand your displeasure. Mayock sort of like just walked away because he saw it escalate. And then said the confrontation escalated, but it never appeared to be getting physical. And players, including Vontez Perfect, attempted to separate Antonio Brown from the situation or to calm him down. That led to the team playing to suspend Brown at the time, according to Adam Schefter. That's on ESPN.com right now. Just broke this hour. Kind of exactly go, goes along with what I was saying in terms of nothing's come out. That, yep. that, that seems like the Raiders are kind of downplaying the situation a little bit, and maybe A.B. actually won't be suspended. Whatever this is, it's a mess. That's all I can say. And speaking of talented wide receivers who are kind of POSs, 
uh, actually definitely a POS in this case, uh, Tyreek Hill just became the highest paid wide receiver in football as the Chiefs stamp a three-year, $54 million extension on him. How about that? 18 a year. Do we know the guarantee yet? We do not know the guarantee yet. It'd be interesting to see what that is. I want to see also what kind of clauses are in there in terms of contract detrimental to the team. If there are any uh, you know, character-type things in there, et cetera, they haven't that he had to agree to, to. They haven't seemed to care about contract detrimental to the team well, so they, far. They drafted him in the first place. So there you go. Despite what he, despite uh, kicking a pregnant then fiance uh, down at uh, when he was in college, and then the drama this off season. What do you do? You reward him. Embarrassing on their part. In Happy my opinion. that's not the Broncos. Seriously, uh, that would be a, a really tough situation to cover. I feel for uh, the the media out there. Okay, so if Antonio Brown does play, does that change your feelings on the game? For me. Yes, in in a, a, a vacuum, it does. It makes things a lot tougher on the Broncos' defense. Uh, without Antonio Brown out there, I just like I said yesterday, I didn't see the path to twenty points for them. Um, especially after watching the game last night, twenty points sounds like an offensive outburst. Uh, but with him out there, it's going to change a lot of things. It's going to open up space for Waller, the tight end that they're so excited about out there. It's going to open up. Space for Hunter Renfro. You know, all of that stuff is going – you're going to have to defend it very differently. I, it's, it wouldn't change my feelings on who's going to win the game, but it does definitely change the way you have to approach it defensively. Absolutely. This changes, this changes so much about this game, including who could win it. This, is, this isn't just one of the Raiders' best players. This is the Raiders' best player. This is one of the best playmakers in the NFL. And this is a guy – that has some history of destroying the Broncos. Now, the Broncos have also contained him in their most recent game, as Chris Harris Jr. will remind you, that you can find on bsndenver.com. But he still has a history of almost going for 200 yards, over 15 catches, multiple touchdowns in a single game. It opens things up for the others. You mentioned Hunter Renfro, J.J. Nelson as well. But at the same time, the quality of the other receiving targets for the Raiders doesn't come close to what the Steelers have. You're not looking at those guys and saying they can beat you even if you contain Antonio Brown in a way that you looked at the Steelers and say, well, if we contain Antonio Brown, that's great, but we're still worried about Juju Smith-Schuster. And because of that, and also with Josh Jacobs unproven in the backfield, I think he can have a good season. We'll see how much the Raiders use him. He may not be up to speed as a pass catcher in the way they wanted him to be just yet. I'm, it, cha- it changes my perception on the game a little bit, but not all that much. I think the Broncos can still contain the Raiders, keep them to 20 or fewer. If Antonio Brown doesn't play, and I, I, I want to say that if he does too, but if he doesn't play, this is an absolute must win for the Broncos. And it's crazy to say week one. And Mace, I know you're going to totally disagree with me with your great piece that you put up earlier in the week where you said, don't overblow the start of the season. Mm-hmm. But if you can't beat the Raiders, I understand it's on the road. If you can't beat the Raiders with all their drama and turmoil this offseason and they're without their best player where huge drama has blown up in their face four days before the game, what game are you going to win? Sometimes, though, that causes a team to come together. I mean, 
I remember covering a Carolina team that played without Steve Smith in week one in 08 because he was suspended for punching Ken Lucas. And they go out to the Chargers, and the Chargers have just played in the AFC Championship game the year before. Nobody in the world expected Carolina to win that game without Steve Smith, and they did. Sometimes you get a situation where the loss of a player gets everybody else to pull together, do a little bit more. You see it in every sport. You see it in baseball right now. The Diamondbacks are on a tear. They've been playing great since Zach Greinke was traded. It's like a, a switch can sometimes flip in a guy, in a lot of guys, that says, okay, we don't have A-B. I got to step my game up. This is my chance. I'm going to take both sides here. Um, <laughs> because here's the thing. Week one is always weird. Look at what happened last night. Like No one was expecting that to be a 10-3 game. Things are weird. Your boy right here. Did I you... said both quarterbacks are going to be bad. You still didn't <laughs> say it was going to be a 10-3 game. I guarantee you didn't think it was going to be. I think be... you thought 17-13 maybe or. Low scoring. I knew it was going to be bad did offense. Did you hammer the under? I knew it was going to be bad offense. I hope you did. Uh, anyways, no one was expecting it to be that ugly. No one was expecting there to be, what, uh, 10 total sacks in the game. Weird things happen in week one, and you can't project the whole season just based off of what happened in week one. You know, you could lose in week one, and then you could win week two and three, and then everything that happened in week one is out the window. With that being said, this is for sure – potentially the Broncos for sure, potentially, sorry, but it is potentially the Broncos easiest game of the season. If Antonio Brown is not on the field, you have to get it. You have to, this is a four and 12 team that, what did they do this off season? They added Antonio Brown and then they added some cook heads in, in, <laughs> in free agency. So Richie Incognito. Richie Incognito. Vontez Burfitt. Vontez Burfitt. Those guys are old, too. It's not like they're, they, they're immediate, uh, you know, I hate Incognito, players. but he can still play. He, uh, Vont, Vontez Burfitt has To be seen badly, by both of those but, guys. But they're also a team that, what, has 12 rookies that, that made the team, and a lot of those guys are going to contribute. So you're a four and, going up against a 4-12 and 12 team without their best player if AB doesn't play. Uh, things have blown up in the past week for them. And, oh, it's pretty much their whole half their team is uh, making their NFL debut. And you lose to them? No, you can't, you can't do that. You absolutely can't do that. Because if you lose to them, maybe you beat the Titans. I don't know. Maybe you beat the Mitchell Trubisky Bears the next week. And Jaguars. I don't Lions? know. They, I think I think they're tough. May, maybe the Lions. Are you on the Nick Foles bandwagon? Uh, I don't know. New band name, the Kookheads. <laughs> <laughs> so this will be really interesting to see what happens, what comes down with them. It, it totally changes my feelings on what's going to happen. Uh, if AB plays, I think it has a chance to be close. If he doesn't, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, they're going to look like the Bears out there. Bottom line, though, this is a Broncos team that did lose to Oakland last year, a 4-12 and team, lost to them there. Now I'm expecting that the Broncos won't have the avalanche of mental mistakes that they did last year when they went out to Oakland. But we'll see. They've got a lot to prove to me. I think they have a lot to prove to anyone who's followed this team for the last couple of years, and so I'm a little bit of a, a wait-and-see but I'm not calling it a must-win. It would be good to have, but there's going to be a game or two down the line that looks daunting right now that proves to be winnable. It's just how the season ends up flowing and changing. We see that every single year. So maybe we're talking about, say, 
Buffalo in November being a tough road game. But what if Buffalo struggles and you can pick them off a game that maybe you don't expect to have on the road? These I'm, things balance out in the end sometimes. I don't think I'm going to be projecting any game, no matter how bad the team is, is a win for the Broncos if they can't win this one. Whew. Wow. Zach's bringing the heat today. All right, Zach, you're, you're... Did we replace you with Mike Clay? He of the 2-14 uh, or 2-13-1 Broncos projection? No, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying the Broncos are going to be bad. I'm saying they have to win this game or else my expectations are drastically changing. Adam Rank's probably having a bad morning today. <laughs> He's a big Bears guy. Mm. Um, all right, Zach, what's next on the docket? You're, you're the organizer guy here. Tyreek Hill really quick. Guarantees come in. $35 million. Whew. So they didn't take it. They didn't take it lightly. They didn't take the advice. Well, then. God, I hope this all blows up in their face. Why, why did they have to do that? I understand maybe. I uh, don't understand giving an extension to him. But, like, if you're going to give him an extension, couldn't, don't you think you get a discount on the guarantees if you're giving him $18 million a year? $18 million a year. For a wide receiver. For a child beater. Yep. Thank you. Yep, exactly. All right. Now, speaking of the AFC West, let's jump in to our AFC West predictions. And let's start with those Chiefs. Chiefs are four-point favorites going in to Jacksonville. Well, Mace, what do you think of Nick Foles? I think Nick Foles is the quarterback that you want to have in December and January when your season is on the line. But for the everyday average game in September, October, and November, he's not the same guy. For whatever reason... He hits another level when his team is facing elimination. We saw that in the postseason for the Eagles back in January of 2018. We saw that when he came in down the stretch. The Eagles were left for dead last year in December when he replaced Carson Wentz and just pulled one rabbit after another out of his hat. This is a September game. It's not the scenario in which Nick Foles has usually done well. I think the Jaguars can cause some problems for the Chiefs with their defense, but it's not the same personnel-wise. You can scheme away from Jalen Ramsey. I think the Chiefs win by 10. I would hammer the Chiefs in this game. Uh, and I'm a big Chiefs are going to regress guy. Uh, but Andy Reid knows that they've had a whole year to look at his offense. He's going to have a bunch of wrinkles in this game. I still think they're going to get guys open. Uh, and Patrick Mahomes will have a good game. I think the I think the Chiefs win by at least two scores. So you guys are both telling me that the Chiefs from Kansas City are going to come into Jacksonville, the largest city <laughs> in America, and beat them? Yeah, yeah. I agree. I yeah, agree. Yeah, by, by, more, by more than four points, too. I've been with you too long. I, I hear that <laughs> cadence coming, and I know you're just going to You're flip. trying to misdirect everybody. <laughs> All right, next one. I think this is going to be easy as well. Colts at Chargers. I don't know who the home team is there. Chargers, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Give me the points. I want the six-and-a-half. Um, Whoa, Colts? Yep. Kobe? Yep. I think that the Colts are going to play with a passion and fire, uh, an us-against-the-world mentality. They still have really good players. Let's not forget, Andrew Luck was a big piece of the puzzle. They still have a fantastic offensive line and a great defense. The Chargers aren't going to blow them out. If we're to, if we're doing straight up, I'm picking the Chargers. But if we're doing spread, I'm taking the Colts. Oh my gosh! I the Chargers eke it out. Maybe a late field goal involved. The Colts hang tough. Chargers will never have a home field advantage in L.A. This 
this will be the case on Sunday. There'll be a lot of royal blue in the stands. And I don't think the Colts are going to be the shambolic team that a lot of people expect. I think the Colts... Word of the day. Yeah. Shambolic. Give us the <laughs> Is definition. Is that real? Yes. It's uh, <laughs> pathetic. Okay. Is another way of saying it. I think the Colts win the AFC South. Wow. I love that. Wow. Now, I thought they would go 13-3 and with Andrew Luck. I think they win it at 10-6. and six. Mm. Jacoby Brissett is uh is no Kevin Hogan. He's he he is no. no Kevin Hogan. He's one of the 32 best quarterbacks on the planet, which means he should be starting but yeah, somewhere. But come on guys, come on. They're missing Andrew freaking Luck. And but, I want to say thank you to both of you cuz this is going to give me an undefeated week. It's going to give me an undefeated start to the season. I'm going to have one game up on both of you. Give me Philip Rivers and the Chargers here's by the a other touchdown th- or more. Who, but here's the other thing with the Colts, and this is where they've done such a great job reconstructing the roster in such a short time. It's gone from a hollow roster when Ryan Grigson was running it to a roster that's stacked in a lot of spots with young talent. You lose, you lose Andrew Luck in 2017, it all melts down. You lose Andrew Luck in 2019, well... Marlon Mack's a pretty good running back. You've got an improving offensive line. Quentin Nelson, the best guard in the game. You have Darius Leonard, an all-pro in his first year, commanding that defense. It's a team that overall has more talent in more spots than at any point probably in the last 13 or 14 years. You've got to go back to when Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl with the Colts back in 06 with a strong defense as a compliment. Remember how good Bob Sanders was back then? Won them a Super Bowl. Yeah, to see a Colts team that overall had this much talent. It's true. They, they, they have more than the quarterback, but you just took Captain Luck out of the chair. Don't be surprised if the Colts win the game. Oh, you want to go that far? Nope. Oh, I, I don't have I hate, to. I hate when you, do, when you do that. Don't be surprised. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't be surprised. Well, we won't have to worry on Monday because they're not going to win. They're not even going to cover the spread. And finally, the Denver Broncos to wrap up the first week of the regular season. Go into Oakland for the last time ever until the Raiders eventually will move back to Oakland in what? What do we give it? 25 years maybe? No, they'll be in Vegas. <laughs> Vegas will keep growing. They're going to sell out every game. It's going to Vegas is going to turn into a kind of a cool sports city. They're going to sell out every game with 20,000 fans rooting for the other team every oh, totally. game because <laughs> they're going to fly in. You're going to have charters of fans no matter it doesn't matter which team. I mean they the once every 8-year game against say New Orleans or Tampa Bay or or the Redskins or whoever from that market people are going to be they're going to be enough fans to where they're going to be running charters to Vegas to gamble and and watch the game that weekend. I'm proclaiming this now next year. All three of us go into that game. Oh, I'd freaking love that. <laughs> I'd freaking love that. So before I get your prediction, Broncos are two and a half point favorites. Does Antonio Brown play? They already flipped it to two and a half Broncos, even without Antonio Brown being out. So they're projecting Antonio Brown to be out. Exactly. They are. They're going off the reports. Do you think he plays? Ah. <sighs> This morning, I am on the yes, he does play side out of the bed when I woke up. I think he doesn't start. I think he plays at some point. I maybe, think he plays as well. I think this is maybe a, a one-quarter suspension, but I still like the Broncos by four. 
Broncos by four, so they cover the spread. 20 to 16. 20 to 16, Ryan? Yeah. So I I want to predict the score without Antonio Brown because I would feel much more bold about it. But with Antonio Brown, I say the Broncos win. What did you predict? 20 to 16. I'm going to predict 17 13 Broncos. Oh, wow. So we get a fun game in your eyes. And this I'm, is get used to that, by the way. 17 13, is that what you said? Mm hmm. I'm going to go Broncos 20, Raiders 17. So while I painted a grim picture of what it could mean if they lose, I don't think they drop this. So one. literally, all three of our scores for both teams are within a seven point range. Yep. And mm. all uh, under. The total for this game. And significantly under as well. Yep. I th- I mean, just ride the under on the Broncos until they start lowering it into the, the low 30s, in my opinion. Broncos football 2019, turning back the clock. <laughs> yes. Uh, and if you want to turn forward the clock, because you're, you're looking so forward to this game this week, well, just drink a bunch of Breckenridge brews, and it'll feel like today never even happened because you won't remember anything. <laughs> no, drink responsibly. Uh, but I'll be picking up a, a large sum of Breckenridge brews tonight as I head down from Denver to Boulder for the Pearl Street Stampede tonight as uh, the Buffs get ready to play Nebraska tomorrow. Uh, should be a, an awesome night. Should be an awesome couple days in Boulder. And Breckenridge brews will be right by my side the entire time. Breckenridge Brew is the official beer of BSN Denver, and it is a Breck Brew Friday, so make sure you send us your pictures uh, and anything else that you're doing with your Breckenridge uh, Brews this weekend. Love to see you on Breck, Breck Brew Friday and Breck Brew Saturday. Also, Green Mountain Dental Group, great place to go get some dental work, and right now they're giving away a free Sonicare when you're scheduling a cleaning, x-ray, or exam. That's right. Just got to take care of your teeth. And they're going to give you a free Sonicare. Check out them. Check them out online today, or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. All right, Zach. Now we have the question of the week, presented by the good folks over at Sports Column. Some of the best wings in downtown, in my opinion, and uh, the suicide sauce. Mm, I knew you were going to bring it up. The orange, so bright, so hot. So dangerous. So delicious. <laughs> and the question of the week was, which newcomer are you most excited to see play on Monday night? And, boy, we have we have a lot of answers. And the first one coming in from Sam Taylor. He says Malik Reed. A lot of Malik Reed. Should we just get all the Malik Reeds out of the way? If we can, let's do that. Zach G says Mace is a solid option. Ooh, but definitely Malik Reed, the dream killer. Um Maybe there wasn't as many as I thought. <laughs> All right, I got the two out of the way. <laughs> I'm also seeing Deontay Spencer. This one from Broncos fans in SC84 says, we haven't had a re- real returner for a while now. There's no confirmation that they have one yet. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm worried he could be boomer bust. Yeah, he's a fumble away, I think, from, find, from finding himself back head to Canada again. <laughs> so he's... There are a lot of guys on the back end of the roster that are basically week to week. Deontay Spencer's one of them. He certainly is. And a guy who probably should be at the top of this is Joe Flacco. And we have a lot of responses about that. Will Morton comes in, says Flacco. Jarek says Flacco. Paul says Flacco. Uh, who else? Tripp says Flacco. You have the artist Dominic. Oh, didn't say Flacco. Brandon said Flacco. 
Jay Park, said Flacco. I mean, isn't Flacco the guy to keep an eye on? Let me just ask you this. Are you excited? Does the thought of watching Joe Flacco bring you excitement or intrigue? Intrigue and probably maybe just as much nerves as excitement. Relief. Because I know who and what he is. My expectations for Joe Flacco are competent play, leadership. He's not going to set the world on fire in all likelihood. I hope for the Broncos' sake that he can look like the Joe Flacco of 2014. My expectations are that scheme can only help so much. He'll look more like he did from 2015 to 2018, which is a notch above where Case Keenum was last year. I'm expecting him to understand that if this defense plays at the level we believe it can, get out of the way, don't force it. Put it this way. Last year from Case Keenum, remember all the trouble he had throwing the tight ends down the seam? All the interceptions? I don't want that. I'm okay with Joe Flacco checking down on third and ten and punting. You're saying you don't want Joe Flacco to throw to Brian Parker in double coverage in the red zone. <laughs> Not a good no, idea. No, but fortunately Brian Parker isn't an option. I do want him throwing to Noah Fant when he's got some space underneath or when he's in single coverage. Sean like says, he did with Mark Andrews last year when Andrews was breaking into the league as a rookie. Sean says Flacco. Grant says Flacco. Um, boy, a lot of, lot of Flacco's here. I like the choice from Zachary, by the way. He says, can Skangs, Rich Skangarello, offensive coordinator, be a choice? Totally. And, uh, again, this, this offense just as a whole doesn't, doesn't ever make me say excited. I'm excited to see this offense. But there's the intrigue. Intrigue. We know, we know what sure. Joe Flacco looks like as a quarterback. There's a, an 11-year body of work with him. Rich Gangarello is in his first game as an NFL offensive coordinator, his first game calling plays at a level higher than FCS. I gave him a break in the preseason for them not scoring touchdowns in the red zone because because of the fact that he wanted to keep things close to the vest. There's, I'm going to be putting a lot of pressure on him once they crack into the red zone to, to finish off those drives and call some good plays in there. There's a, there was one where they got in there and they ran the ball twice and then Flacco missed the, the – throw to Cortland Sutton another time they ran it on first down from like the 10 and they didn't get any any yards and it, they were off schedule from there I need to see some creativity and efficiency from him in the red zone and it's no guarantee that guys off the McVay Shanahan tree are going to flourish as play callers right away Matt LaFleur had issues in Tennessee I think you could still say he's got some issues in Green Bay starting out as he's guiding that offense it's no guarantee that Rich Gangarello works out I think he's got all the tools to be a good offensive coordinator it's one of the smartest coaches I've ever been around in my years covering this game but what happens in a game scenario the lights go on every cliche in the book about that we're gonna find out Artist Dominic, and this this one may be my favorite, he says the secondary additions. And I think that's extremely important because, guys, the reality of it is the Broncos went out and spent, what, $18 million per year on average on Bryce Callahan and Kareem Jackson. Those guys have zero combined Pro Bowls. That, that, that's just the reality. Now, we've been hyping them up because we like what we've seen. We've liked what we've seen in the past. Uh, do, I, do, do I think they probably should have more than zero combined Pro Bowls for their talent? Yeah, I think so. But 
this is still something that everyone has kind of been talking about them all offseason in terms of they are pro bowlers. Everyone kind of is projecting them to be that good. Are they that good? Well, I mean, we'll, we'll find out. I've liked what I've seen so far. But $18 million, if you don't get a combined Pro Bowl out of the next few years from them, that's that's going to be a concern. So I like where they're trending, but that's that's really something to watch for. I think there'll be another Pro Bowler in the secondary beyond Chris Harris Jr. I just think his name is going to be Justin Simmons. Mm. Justin Simmons, I think, could look like Eddie Jackson in this defense. He definitely looked like it. In but he's camp. not a newcomer. No, he's not a newcomer. But I think he's he's my choice for breakthrough Bronco this year. And if he plays well, that contract you'd give him goes up and up and up. Matthew South here answers Dalton Reisner. Also getting to hear the uncensored version of Mace. <laughs> Since you can actually now speak your mind about the Broncos. Do you feel unchained, Mace? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, uh, I'm not as worried. There, there are a lot of constituencies you have to satisfy when you're working on the team digital media side of things it's players coaches business staff etc you 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 find yourself keeping to the straight and narrow because you you have that self-edit thing that kicks in because you know well if i say this it might run afoul of this or this and this and it's nice to be unfettered can't wait to see uh, Mason Unchained. <laughs> um, I'll let Matt do all the cursing for both of us, by the way, if I'm <laughs> going Unchained with him. We chained Matt yesterday on the Denver Sports Podcast. Well, he's done it before. I mean, he did a, he's done radio, so he understands how you have to gear shift a little bit to satisfy the FCC. No F-bombs, couple A-bombs. That's okay, though. Oh, he's fine. Um, I think we got all of them. If we missed you, sorry about that. But now we have lots of... Jawan James. I want to get this in from Texas Bronco. Interesting choice. And when you talk about this offensive line being better, we go on and on about Reisner. We go on and on about Garrett Bowles needing to step up in year three. But what about Jawan James? First-round pedigree. The big issue on him has been injuries in the last two to three years forcing him to IR twice, but the talent is there. Now, at times, working as Von Miller in training camp, it was not a good situation for him, but that was against Von Miller. Now he gets to go up against, for the most part, a lower caliber of edge rusher. Chris Cooper's getting him for another year. I'm, Chris Cooper had a lot to do with bringing Jawan James to Denver and vouching for him. If he takes a step up under Mike Munchak, that step up might mean he gets into the Pro Bowl conversation. That'd be huge. All right, first question here comes in from two True Champ Fan 24 says, "Guys, I want to let you know how much y'all mean to me. Last night, after catching my finger in the tater peeler, <sighs> ouch, <sighs> and having to yank it out of the semi-peeled chunk of meat, <sighs> ow, then losing one of my contacts behind my eye, <sighs> I sat down, turned on a random old pod just to settle down and reset my night." Well, we're glad that we could help you out. We're so sorry that you had to go through that. We're here for you, man. I hope it, your finger's doing okay. Anyways, he says, can we just laugh at the Raiders for a minute? Sure. <laughs> I'm good at that. <laughs> also, I think AB needs some serious help. I think he's a living candidate for a CTE study. Yikes. He's either the biggest diva in NFL history or he's having some brain problems like Seau and, jo- and Jovan Belcher. I'm honestly concerned for AB as I do uh, – 
Sorry, I keep losing my spot here. As much as I do not like the guy, something is up. I don't believe it's just him flipping a switch. He's taking some shots to the head, and it's adding up. Hope everyone in the BSN family has a great day, and I cannot wait for Monday. Well, I don't want to diagnose based on just what we see on a TV show, what we see on social media, and uh, what we see in a football game. So I'm probably going to stay away from that. But I'll say this for wide receivers and guys like Antonio Brown. If you're going to see a diva in football, it's all it's almost always going to be the wide receiver. It's the nature of the position. It is the most individ- in, wide receivers and cornerbacks because it's like Jalen Ramsey has some diva-like tendencies. It is the most individual of positions. Yes, you're still reliant upon the quarterback getting you the ball, but you getting open, you're going one-on-one. It's a different mindset that you have than when you're playing on the offensive line, and to make that work, it's got to be five guys coming together and working in perfect synergy. Thus, when I see wide receivers and cornerbacks, I see a little bit of a, a baseball kind of mentality. You see some divas in baseball, and that is our most individual major team sport. And there's some character, some common threads between guys who are a little bit high maintenance in baseball and a little bit high maintenance at wide receiver. Ryan, do you know why you lost your place while reading that? More comments came in. I think we had a buzzer beater come in. Next one's from Ollie NYC88. It says, a Seahawk is a real bird. It's just known as an osprey. Well, then osprey? it's an osprey, not a Seahawk. <laughs> Interesting. That, that doesn't sound as good. The Seattle ospreys. ospreys. There's a college that has a nickname of Ospreys, North Florida. Good stuff, man. And, uh, Love a good college nickname. Yeah. They're the only, I believe they're the only team that is known as the Ospreys. By the way, on to Bleed Orange Blue. I am laughing at the drama slash chaos AB is causing the Raiders. He is surpassing T.O. in the Diva wide receiver category. I can't believe I didn't mention him talking about Divas. Mm. I truly believe only John Gruden wanted AB and Mike Mayock didn't. However, Gruden has the power so he gets what and who he wants. I think you're right. I think John Gruden wanted him and Mayock didn't. In the end, it's, the respect goes where the money goes, right? If you're getting paid $10 million a year, you probably have uh, the overriding power. How about this? Antonio Brown coming in from Josina Anderson right now. Antonio Brown just issued, quote, an emotional apology at a team meeting this morning just now with team captains standing with him. Guys, he's playing. He's playing. He's playing. I truly believe there's multiple personality disorder going on here. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and it's you saw it in Hard Knocks. They just showed the good side of A.B., in hard knocks and in, in in hard knocks he looks like an incredible teammate a great guy a fun dude but if you're the raiders can you uh, well you can if you're the raiders if you're a respectable organization can you honestly put up with okay well ab's having a good day today so we're gonna let him play after yesterday we were all mad because he's having a bad day what happens if on monday morning he wakes up and he's the other ab and he storms into John Gruden's office and says the game plan doesn't feature him enough, and he's not playing and walks out on these guys. Like, that is still on the table. This whole saga could take 10 more turns before Monday night at 8.20. I think the the Raiders need to put their foot down on this. You think maybe it's borderline personality possibility? Yeah. Brandon Marshall, who the receiver came through here, had, and of course he's been very outspoken about dealing with that and the treatment that he's had. 
I think that's a legitimate. I don't want again. I don't want so to, to diagnose because based on what we see, I think that's a legitimate possibility here with AB. I really do too, and and I hope he, I gets, hope he gets help. Yeah, I, I hope he does too because it's not. We're not seeing normal behavior, and like whoever said it first, true champ fan twenty four said, it doesn't just strike me as someone being a diva. It strikes me as someone who it's can be two different people. All right, next one here is from the OG MVP Aaron Litvatsky says, hey, just wanted to check in because it's been a while. First, I wanted to say I like the different shake of things that Mace brings to the pod. I was worried about the dynamic at first, but I like the spin he brings. I had the pleasure of being at the first annual BSN draft, as well as having the privilege to be on the podcast as a guest. I know that Zach and Ryan are some stand-up guys, and I look forward to meeting you one of these days as well, Mace. Thank you. I keep wanting bowls to work out. Do you know if Munchak did, uh, does anything different with the line than coaches in the past? such as Zach Azani using the chairs or more interesting training methods, things that can help specifically with Bowles and Reisner to develop. Not, he's not really breaking the mold. I think a lot of what Munchak does that is different is what happens in the meetings, the type, the type of instruction he's giving. The thing with Munchak and Garrett Bowles, we've seen some offensive line coaches over the years come in and they can be screamers. Neither of them are. They're technicians and they're teachers. And because they're teachers, one thing I see from them as I watch them working with especially the young linemen, they're more patient than most coaches that I've witnessed over the years as they go about their paces in training camp practice. I think uh, that's sort of the difference. And the other thing with Mike Munchak, just – He's forgotten more about offensive line play than almost anybody's going to ever know. Mm-hmm. Now, just because you're a great player doesn't mean you're a great coach, but he has that gift to be able to take what he experienced as a player for the then Houston Oilers and being a Hall of Famer, being the best interior lineman of his era, and make it translate to the guys that he's working with. I think Chris Cooper's learning about that from Mike Munchak as well. He goes on and says, next I wanted to say that I have not commented because I'm now coaching football and will be the offensive coordinator. It's a really cool cool experience looking at the game from a new perspective. I probably won't be commenting a lot, but I do want to say that I've introduced my little brother, or no, not little, just brother, to the BSN Podcast Life, and it gives us something to talk about together. That's awesome. By the way, if you love us and if you are truly the OG MVP, he'll run the RRPPO offense. Mm, He certainly will. (laughs) As always, appreciate the content from all of you and looking forward to a win Monday night versus the Raiders and following up with my first win on Tuesday. Signed, the OG MVP. Next one coming in from Bronco Turpy says, Long time, first time. I'm a BSN follower from the beginning, but it wasn't until this year that you got me. Got him. My free homegrown shirt arrived minutes before the first preseason game, and it's heavily featured in my daily rotation. Pumped for Mace to join the family and was curious on similarities he sees in Plummer and Cutler and Flacco and Locke. Not one and one for sure, but I think it's closer than we may assume. With the signing of Allen, I'm positive the staff is looking for reasons to kickstart the Locke era. Love the hard work, guys. Damn good content. I like the username, Terp. Is that University of Maryland? Mm, could Connection. be. Perhaps my dad went to a school in College Park, so he would appreciate that one. Uh, that's an interesting comparison, and honestly, I haven't given that one much thought. I think the Cutler-Lock comparison comes up because they both got a, a little bit of, of swagger to them. They're different personalities, I'll say that, but they also Very have much s- so. strong arms. I'll say this, Jay Cutler's arm when he first came in was a rocket. And Drew Lock has a good arm, but it 
he wasn't throwing howitzers the way that uh, Jay Cutler was when he came in back in the 06 camp. The way Cutler threw the ball, it looked like he was throwing a different ball. Mm-hmm. Like, it looked so light coming out of his hands. It just flew out of there. And it sounded different. And that, when you when you heard the ball whistling through the air with Jay Cutler compared to Jake Plummer in that camp, you were like, wow, no offense to Jake Plummer. Now, that said, Plummer and Flacco, I think with Plummer, the, the reason why... I remain fond of him is his ability to do things off script. Joe Flacco is a little bit more of a by the numbers in the pocket. He can get outside when the need arises, but let go through his progressions. Jake Plummer, when he's at his best and most fun, he's kind of winging it a little bit, a little more organic, a little more of an effort kind of quarterback. He had that, that elan to him and, I always respected that, and his teammates respected that as well. I don't think I've seen more than a handful of guys come through that locker room who had more universal respect than Jake Plummer did. I've never seen a guy that played the quarterback position that was such a free spirit. Mm. Like, usually quarterback guys are very buttoned up, very locked in all the time, very much wanting to stay to the script, whereas he, like, he thrived in the chaos. He was authentic. He is because he's still with us, obviously. He's one of the most authentic people I've ever covered in this game. And he he didn't care what you thought. Oh, he's got the blue blocker sunglasses. Oh, he's not driving the fancy car. He's driving the Honda Element down Hamden. He didn't give a crap. This is who he was. And hey, you know what? You're driving a Honda Element when you're playing. You probably got a lot more of your money when you retired. Smart he, guy. He, yeah, exactly. He was very cognizant of that. And in all my conversations with him, as a, now that I'm a media member... He's just he's he approaches life in a different way and and that's I loved seeing that from a quarterback. Vic Fangio and and John Elway are Joe Flacco's best friend in terms of keeping him on the field because if Mike Shanahan was the coach right now, Joe Flacco wouldn't last a few weeks. J- Drew Locke would not be on the IR. That's true. From Pig Bemis or Bemis, <laughs> I think it's Bemis. Flip a flip a few uh, all right letters in there. Yeah. Hey, dudes, the Packers-Bears game just wrapped up, and I'm going to say that I'm feeling really good about the start of the Broncos season. Raiders game should be a win, and both of these teams look like they can't handle quarterback pressure. My question, questions, are what the Broncos can gain from watching two of their next three opponents play each other. The backside of my question is, do you think Rodgers will bounce back in time for the Broncos, or... Is this season off to a 3-0 and start with a winnable home game for Week 4? I thought I remembered hearing last year that the Broncos had the best record of the first five games in the last 10 years or something like this. Can Mace confirm or deny this? I'm looking that up right anytime now. You anyone, guys talk about the anytime anyone goes to a stat now, they're just like, Mace, is this right? I love that because uh, I do the same thing. I'll tell you what, though. When the Broncos have been bad these past few years, they've got off to hot starts. The Broncos and Mace will find the exact stat have an absurd record uh, in the last 10 years in the first four games of the season. I remember it coming out last year, I believe, from a Ravens reporter as they were getting ready for that game. Um, What can they learn from watching the Bears and Packers? First of all, they can learn what absolutely not to do on offense because whatever both teams were doing in that game, do the opposite of it and you might be able to score some points. Um, they've they can certainly learn where the weak spots are in in the opposing offense they can learn that much like um the strategy was 
that we talked about on the Denver Sports Podcast yesterday with Adrian Martinez for the Buffs this week. Strategy is to keep him in the pocket and make him throw the ball. That's totally how I feel about Mitch Trubisky. Keep him in there and make him make plays. So there's a, I think there's a lot that can be gained from watching them go at each other, but it's it's similar stuff that you can just gain from watching a film again uh, of any team. It's just you get to knock out film study of both teams in one city. Okay, the Broncos win on Monday. How are you feeling about the first four games of the season? Who's week four? Jacksonville at home. Really good. Really good. Broncos lose on Monday. How are you feeling about the first four games of the season? Mild at best. At best, exactly. Mace, you got it? I got it. First, <laughs> if they lose week one, if they do other things right, if they're fundamentally sound, if they don't beat themselves, I still feel confident they can be 2-2 two and two at week four. Are the, are, aren't the Raiders the worst team of, these, of the first four? <laughs> Look at the Bears in, last night. In Oakland. Look at the defense. Yeah. In Oakland True. with that crowd, it's, it, it's yes. going to be lively. You have to account for that. You're on the dirt. By the way, I did research it. The Broncos, in the last 10 seasons, have the best record in weeks one through four, or games one through four, pardon me, in the National Football League. They are a robust 29-11 and 11 in their first four regular season games over the last 10 seasons. One game better than the 28-12 and 12 New England Patriots in that same span. Oakland, by the way, is... Tied for 29th with Tampa Bay, 14 and 26 in their first four regular season games over the last 10 years. And by the way, the worst team is Cleveland. The Broncos don't see them until November. The second worst team is Jacksonville, who the Broncos see in week four. 4 0, there it is. Mark it down. <laughs> From Mile High Hitman says, Love the new pod magic trio. With no A-B and after watching Thursday Night Football, what do you think the chances are that the Broncos' D outscores the Broncos' offense in the first three weeks? <laughs> For my upcoming ropey Raider wrecking Monday, is that? <laughs> is that you, I think you got it. I think okay. you got it. Uh, would you take the over-under on three sacks, two interceptions, and one forced fumble? Take the over on the sacks. Yep. The, uh, against Derek Carr? Hopefully, remember, Vic, I just remember last year. I know. Year. I was going to say, hopefully, Vic has come up with a way to make sure that he has to hold the ball a little bit. As right. Joe, Joe Woods just said, like, yeah, you can have seven yards every play. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Somehow it worked. They held him to 21, I think. It was 24-21 in that game. Yep. And it was bend, don't break to the extreme. Wow. Over, under. All I right. Th- so, I, three sacks, I'm taking the over. I'm going under. Two interceptions, I'm taking the under. 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 One forced fumble, I'm taking the... Even I th- well, I think if you take the over on sacks, you take the over on the forced fumbles because forced fumbles often happen off of sacks. Boy, uh, two forced—that's a lot. Well, let's put it at point five so that you actually have to pick one here. I'll over. take the over. Over. There we go. Hopefully that helps you win whatever you're doing, Mile High Mania. Hashtag prop bet. Next one coming in from DJC15. He says, Gotta love Mace realizing the age difference when y'all were talking about Moby Dick and Ferris Bueller. Watching the AB Raiders implosion is possibly the most Raiders situation ever, and it's glorious, LOL. Who is y'all's way-too-early college football playoff picks of the five teams that will be fighting for the playoff berth at the end of the season? Wow. Uh, Well, first of all, you left out one. It's Oklahoma. Bama, Clemson. Oklahoma, Ohio State. Yep. Can't disagree with you. I don't – yeah. 
Man, let's J- see. Jalen Hurts. DJC has Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, Michigan, and Texas as the dark horse. I can't see Ohio State and Michigan both making it. No, because Michigan's going to lose to them for the 11th straight year. Right. Mm. I think Alabama and Clemson, you start there. I, I'm close to putting them in Sharpie. Oh, for he this might playoff. as well. Yeah. Definitely. Well, not if Trevor Lawrence plays like that all year. That was mm. an ugly Trevor Lawrence. I think we've got a good sample size on him to where he'll bounce back. And, for sure. And he'll be fine. But I don't think Clemson goes in unbeaten. Mm. Wouldn't it be awesome to see Jalen Hurts go up against Alabama? Yes. Oh, that's what everyone's dreaming for. Too bad the Colorado Buffaloes are going to ruin that <laughs> and slide in as the fourth team there to keep Oklahoma out. Are they winning it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to do it. Undefeated a, to the end. I'm going to toss a total dark horse in as the fourth one, and I'm probably biased here, but I don't care. Wisconsin. Mm, I thought you were going to say USF. Ah! <laughs> that, that lost 49 nothing to Wisconsin last week. Oh, no, boy, no, 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 sorry, no, 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 no. I had a buddy uh, as we were tailgating before the CU-CSU game who was like, Telling all of our friends, you gotta get in on USF minus or plus seventeen. <laughs> no. Gotta get in on USF plus seventeen. It's a cover of the week. No, I. I they they actually have a se- a uh, seven game losing streak now, dating back to last year. The Bulls, wow. absolute free fall. Who do they? The who do they have this week? So you're Georgia the only, Tech in Atlanta. So you're the only oh, person who can relate to me of what it's like to lose the last six games of a season. Yeah, mm. but CU did its job. I don't think USF's going to beat Georgia Tech in Atlanta on Saturday. And uh, I think another bold, not a bold prediction, Charlie Strong is going to be looking for work after the year, and USF's going to hit the reset button. It's a bold mm. prediction with two <laughs> L's and a U. Yeah. It's not working out for him. So anyway, it's uh, my turn, right? Yes, from Count Blackula. <laughs> okay. Count himself. Yes. All right. I scrolled up. My bad. Uh, RK and Zach. I'm not surprised that you know nothing about Moby Dick based on your near complete lack of literary <laughs> references on this fine podcast. Not God. near complete lack. It is a complete lack. I have never once referenced a book on this podcast. I, I think we've talked audiobooks, but that'd be it. Not me. Maybe you. <laughs> but oh, Lordy, Mama. You don't know the Golden Girls? I feel as though you two fine gents are about to get maced if you don't bone <laughs> up on some pre-2000s references. Mace, you mentioned that the Joe Thomas deal almost happened. What was the thing that prevented it? And more importantly, who do you, what do you think would have become of the Broncos if they had gotten him? Well, okay. Hmm. What prevented it? The Browns wanted Shaq Barrett. Should have given him to him. The cost was too high in terms of players and picks. The, Bron- the Broncos would have been willing to give Barrett if the Browns would have taken something off in terms of the draft pick compensation because you t- you're talking about multiple picks in the first couple of rounds. And Shaq Barrett, yes. I see. And, Still would have done and it. Shaq Barrett turned out to be a pretty good player for the Broncos and was important that year, remember, because DeMarcus Ware had been hurt, Shane Ray had been hurt, so they felt like they couldn't spare Shaq Barrett. So right. I, well, you, you can't argue with in that. And the, they won the Super Bowl that year. So They won it without every, Joe Thomas. Everything they did was right. Yep. Now, that said, if they make this deal, I think they are better in – 2016 and here's why number one you have joe thomas on the blind side for 2016 number two you don't have that first round pick so you don't take paxton lynch and you're looking at the quarterback situation you're saying okay we can't get a first rounder maybe instead of rolling the dice on mark sanchez you were 
shuffling some other things and writing a check to Ryan Fitzpatrick for 2016. And I maintain if the Broncos have Ryan Fitzpatrick as their 2016 quarterback with that defense, they go 12-4. and four. Wow. You've changed everything with this trade. And Fitzmagic gets his first Super Bowl. And you don't, <laughs> and you don't pick Paxton Lynch. So you're picking a quarterback later. Maybe, you don't pick Garibalds. Maybe you're picking. Yeah, maybe you're picking Dak Prescott. Wow. Maybe in 2017, you're looking at the quarterback landscape and saying, "Hmm, we kind of like this Deshaun Watson kid, or, or we, Mahomes, or this Patrick <laughs> Mahomes kid. Let's go get him." Oh, or God, in 28, tall, big arm. The butterfly effect of this, guys. You've transformed everything in this building right down to even who's coaching it. All right, Mace's article this weekend. I want to see it. The full ripple effect from if the Broncos <laughs> would have just executed the trade for Joe Thomas. I could have. I could probably do a series on stories. Like, this might be a good off-season package. The ripple what if? Effect. And just do the ripple effect of all of... We could do, like, say, 10 or 15 moments in Broncos history and how something changed it. Mm. I love that. Love it. I would love to do that. That's so much fun. All right. Well, you guys can look forward to that next offseason. <laughs> uh, and speaking of things that you guys have been looking forward to in the offseason, we totally forgot to feed Zach a Hot Pocket yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> what? But, but, Monday night, Zach is coming to my house for the game before kickoff. He will eat a Hot Pocket. And he will eat better than I will. Because <laughs> the Oakland media meal is less Bottom than of the elegant. Barrel. And the halftime meal, it's you can go and get a boiled hot dog, which is terrible. But then they also give you a lunch sack with an apple and a cookie and some <laughs> potato chips. And I recommend stay away from the, stay away from the meat. Stick with the package stuff that is the cookie and oh the potato chips, gosh. and you won't get sick. All I can say is good luck, Mace. Thank you. All right. Well, before we move on here, are you in need of a top dog electrician? For over 35 years, Piper Electric has been one of the most fairly priced, dependable, and trustworthy electrical contract companies in the Denver community. If you call 303-646-6765, they'll give you... The BSN back-to-school hookup and save you 20% off your next service call. No job is too big or too small for Piper Electric. They work with the top professionals in and in, they work with the top professionalism and integrity in the biz, whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial work. Don't forget, just call 303-646-6765 to receive 20% off your next service call. All right, boys, we got to speed this up a little bit here as we're running low on time. From Iceman, hey, boys. Pack 10, the Bears 3 to start the 100th season. For Pack only, it's season 101. That's true. Their first year was before the NFL's founding, 1919. Wow. Iceman, dropping knowledge. <laughs> I feel the first Pack Bears game 99 years ago might have been 10 to 3 as well. More Allie, Lindsay, in North Carolina. RK, you should already know not to doubt Iceman, a.k.a. your oldest subscriber. Why did I doubt him? <laughs> While we were out running around on the morrow, please explain that, Mace. I think that just means tomorrow. Yes, it's a fancier way of saying it's very old school, very literary. <laughs> You're not dumb. I'll be in my every Friday's Huskers jersey. You're a Huskers oh. fan? But then he says, hoping it's a great game on Saturday. Go Broncos and Buffs. Ah, confusing. Confusing. I, Iceman, <laughs> you never change. Next one coming in from Kodiak No Fly Zone. He says, Mr. Mason, I'm so glad to hear that angel voice along with Ryan and Zach's. What? Angel voice? <laughs> Damn, good addition to the pod. The only thing we're missing is... Colin from Mullen. 
This one's for you, buddy. If you still listen to the pod and are not subscribed anymore, please hit the BSN guys up, and I'll pay for a subscription for you this year. Wow. As a listener for the past few years, there are certain things we just can't go without, and poetic justice after the games is just is one of them. Thanks, guys, and have a good day. If I'm to make a prediction, I think that Colin Vermullins has just been waiting in the mm. wings for his, his beck and call. So Tuesday morning. Exactly. Cleavers 83. Hey, guys, just bought a homegrown Phil T-shirt. Can't wait for it to get here. Is there any chance more or any chance you could get more of the hoodies in stock soon? I'd love to get one for the fall. Also great to have Mace on the show. He is one of the only other pods I listen to. Well, thank you. Email merch at bsndenver.com and ask him about the hoodies. I do not know the answer. Mace, everyone, including us, we love you. Right back at you, Slick. (laughs) Lovable guy. From Bumpy Buffalo, hey guys, it's been a while and I apologize because it got really hectic for a bit. Just caught up on pods and I have to say, welcome Mace. Great addition and I am pumped for Monday and Sunday too. Thanks guys. I'm pumped for Sunday as well. I, oh yeah. Th- that moment in the half hour before all the kickoffs on Sunday, it's my favorite time on the football calendar because everyone is filled with optimism. It's all about potential possibility. Even if you're in Cincinnati, you're saying, well, if Andy Dalton can run Zach Taylor's offense just right and they can get and they can get these young guys up to speed on defense, then we can be something. Really, everywhere but Miami, there's a belief <laughs> that this might be the year. But then at 11 a.m. Mountain, 1 p.m. Eastern, Reality comes to smack you upside the face. <laughs> Next one coming in from Bronco Duck. He says, Andrew Mason, welcome aboard. QB question for you, gentlemen. Let's say the Broncos go 9-7 and seven and Flacco's stat line is around 3,900 yards, 28 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. By the way, that'd be a career year. Are we really going to be calling for Drew Locke to play next year? I just don't see the reason to rush the process. Mahomes sat a full year. Aaron Rodgers sat multiple years. When Fangio called Locke a fastball pitcher, I took that to mean he needed some developing. Why rush the process if, and I do mean if, Flacco shows competency in this offense? There is no reason to. You want Joe Flacco to show competency, and then if he you know, can lead you to the playoffs, then start him again next year. There's no, there is no reason to rush Drew. I guarantee you if Joe Flacco has those numbers, 3,900 yards, 28 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, the Broncos are not going 9-7. and seven. So something else drastically went wrong. And maybe the rest of your team's that bad, so you do need Drew Locke to come in to, to hopefully be better than that. Well, consider this. I just quickly did a passer rating calculation where I said, okay, if you have 3,900 yards, 28 touchdowns, 12 picks, and I threw in going 325 of 500, 65% completion percentage. Fair. His passer rating would be 97.4. That would probably put him in the top 10 to 13 quarterbacks in the NFL. Top half. Not elite, but good. And, yeah, if he has that kind of season, barring a defensive disaster, this team might be 12-4 and four if right. he does that. Exactly. Exactly. From Chilongo Bronco, hey, guys. I'm probably one of the few who didn't know Mason. So far, so good. Welcome. Uh, on weird stadium names, in my opinion, the worst is Paul Brown. Imagine your stadium being named after your division rival. The Raiders field at Mile High, just weird. Regarding sports rivalries, I think worldwide the best has to be Real Madrid versus Barcelona. One question, what is at this moment the value of Antonio Brown, and would you go near that with a vacuum tube? <laughs> I wouldn't Whoa. touch it with the 10-foot vacuum pole tube. What would the, va- the value would be low, 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 low. Conditional fifth. You think so? He's still Antonio Brown. He's still six. 100 catch season, six 1,000 yards. And that contract, what you're going to owe him, 
what he's going to chew up of your cap on top of everything else. If you're analytically inclined, you may say, I'm not paying that much for a wide receiver, especially one who seems to have you know, more issues than Time Magazine. Um, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the value would be low, but how about this? The last time he played in a game, 14 catches, 180-something yards, two touchdowns. Oh, not too bad. Next one coming in from Bronco Girl 723 says, On the sideshow of AB, I find it terribly hilarious we don't have to wait for the regular season to watch the implosion. Growing up in California, I have a lot of friends who are Raiders fans. I've talked smack about this since day one and even made a bet with one of them. A silly little bet, but please believe I'm going to have so much pleasure watching his profile pick with orange and blue through the postseason. Vaughn did Studio 58 last year's offseason. It was epic. Didn't miss an episode. I literally scheduled my week around it. I was bummed he didn't do it this year. My favorite skit was Vonner, his rideshare app. He just took he just took you to your car. My sides hurt. I thought I was I thought it was so funny. If you haven't seen it, you should. As long as the dollars are flowing for upgrades and maintenance, I particularly don't care who the sponsor is. It will always be mile high. It is the way it is. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Zach, how was the hot, hot pocket? I'll tell you on Monday. P.S. You call them cuss words. I call them sentence enhancers. That's a beautiful term, sentence enhancers. I also like the term from an old Star Trek movie that Spock used, colorful metaphors. Mm. They go back in time, and they're walking through San Francisco, and he says, I noticed the language is filled with more colorful metaphors. Double dumbass on you and so forth. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the interesting thing with Mile High, I want to touch on that just for a sec here. There's some belief that the sponsorship would have been worth more money to a company without the phrase Mile High at Mile High in the stadium name because a lot of fans do default to Mile High. And Power being a local company, I'll say this, to their credit, they seem to understand the value of what mile high in the name means to right. fans. From not Philip Lindsay. Hey guys, going to make it quick and easy. Do you know? Uh, do you think now that AB is out, we can afford to put a corner on the tight end? Unless Vic has worked his magic, I still don't see the linebacker that can cover the tight end. Keep up the great content and f the Raiders. <laughs> here's the here's the thing, not Philip Lindsay. I'm going to make it quick and easy too. AB's going to play. Not Philip Lindsay. You're way too young to be speaking like that. <laughs> <laughs> Next one coming in from H-Town Bronco. He says, hello to the three amigos and welcome to the squad, Mace. It's been said many times the past few days, but truly amazing to have Mace in here. BSN reaching new heights and expanding rapidly over the past year since I have joined has been amazing, and I'm proud to be a part of it. Now, football talk. What to say, LOL. Raiders are a mess. Fairly confident in our Broncos over the things that have transpired over the past two days. Merry Christmas, gentlemen. Football is back, baby. Football is back. Amen. FedEx Bronco, is that the next one Go for it. Of all the expiring contracts coming up, who do you think the Broncos are going to re-sign? Much love, guys. Shelby Harris? Shelby, Justin. Those are my top two picks. I think Justin Simmons, and I think on the D-line, they'll end up re-signing Adam Gotsis. In addition to Shelby? No, I think they'll let Shelby go. Ooh, that would be a bad move. I do like Justin. I like she and I like Shelby a lot as well, and I hope they re-sign him. But I think in terms of the most likely re-signing on the defensive line, it's probably Adam Gotsis. Mm. From Connor P, he says, I have to admit that I'm in the minority of people who didn't know Mace before he joined BSN. I like how we're getting you new fans. Appreciate that. Never but I can tell to get new ones. he's going to be an awesome fit. He's a great combination of nerd and football fan just like me, so I can't wait to hear more <laughs> of what he's got to bring. I'm proud to be a nerd, by the way. So should you. Also, I couldn't help but go and look at the ratings on Apple Podcasts after you brought that up. Looks like the people who leave one star are either the kind of people that think just because they look at lots of analytics – 
They are therefore the most hardcore football fans in existence. Or people with no joy in their life who can't stand giggles. Or Chiefs fans. Which, by the way, I've never understood. Zach's life has never rubbed me the wrong way or come off as distracting in any way. Thank you. Brightens my day every day. He finishes and says, I looked at some of the ratings on some of the other podcasts that I listened to, and it looks like a lot of the big ones were sitting comfortably at four and a half stars. I really think that's the best you can ask for as your appeal grows and you attract more listeners. Rest assured, you are in very good company. Keep doing what you do. Still want to get that five-star rating, so mm. go crush that five-star uh, button. I totally did not see that comment. I'm lost. Okay, well, then I'll take us home because we are running very low on time. Uh, next one here is from Broncos Guy 63 Hey, fellas, this is a question I have mostly for Mace because you have talked about it before, but I definitely want your opinions as well. You've talked about how this could potentially be Vaughn's last year in orange and blue because of the team option in his contract next year. We haven't really said that. We just said there is an option. Um, with Vic, how, with, with how Vic has talked about Vaughn in contrast to how he's talked about Chubb, I get the feeling he may not be completely enamored with Vaughn and will push to move on to next year. I guess the question would be, do you think Vic will influence the team into letting Vaughn go next year to save extra money? We'll just go with that. I think ultimately once he sees Von Miller on a game-to-game basis and watches what he can do and gets the most out of him, he won't be pushing for that. I agree. I, th- I think Von will be here. And there's no reason to do so because Bradley Chubb, he's only going into year three of his rookie contract. It's not like you've got a situation where you're paying one-edge rusher elite money right. and you don't want to do that with two guys. Bradley Chubb being cost-controlled – through the 2021 season and maybe 22, 22 if you don't have a long-term deal and just do the fifth-year option. To me, that motivates you to just stick with those two bookends off the edge. I don't. I think Von Miller's back in 2020. You won't have to pay Von and Chubb big money at the same time. Imagine if Drew Locke is the guy. Exactly. All right, last one here is from Micah Pexa. My two cents on the Mace edition. BSN just, just got extremely fortunate to add someone with Andrew Mason's depth of knowledge and history of the Broncos, the NFL, and life in general. I agree, definitely agree on that last part. He's the OG who goes way further back than any of us, and I learn a ton from listening to him each podcast. You have this amazing resource, so you've got to give him the time and space to share. Might just have to adjust a little bit. Longer podcasts and maybe fewer questions. Quality, not quantity. I would much rather get the depth of Mace's knowledge on fewer topics or questions rather than speeding through 40 questions on a more shallow level just to get to them all. Take advantage of the resource you've been blessed with. We'll all be smarter for it. Another way to do it may be uh, take some of the questions that are for me and put them in a mailbag because I'll have a mailbag. I wanted to do it yesterday, but we had that press conference. We had the the uh, two podcasts that we did, and then I had to go register my car because it was two months behind, and I didn't want to get pulled over by the cops. Look at that. We are going to give you more opportunities to ask questions with Mace's mailbag, which will be going at least once a week. Yeah, I'm hoping to do it more because the more the more you do it, the more questions you get. It sort of becomes this thing that perpetually uh, yeah, we've learned that the hard itself. way. <laughs> yes, so we will figure out a way to make it all work. It's yeah. just a time. It's a time and understanding, and it becomes a balance, and we'll figure it out. But I kind of like taking all these questions. It's fun. The it's more, fun. And I on radio, it's the same thing with callers and texts. It's the equivalent is taking these comments. I love the feedback. I love the fact that y'all are listening and so engaged in this. The only thing we haven't done yet, guys, that we usually do is the city of the day. City of the day, that's because no one came no in. No one came in and mentioned Moscow. No one from wow. Moscow. So we can check Moscow wow. off the list. Whoa. Mace, it's your turn for a city. All right. Um, Make it quick. Helsinki, Finland. Maybe. I think we can get it. I think Maybe. we can get it done, Helsinki. You're being called out. All right, Helsinki, hit us up. 
Um, but otherwise, that's going to wrap it up for us today on the BSN Broncos podcast. Enjoy your football weekend. Go Buffs. Uh, enjoy your Sunday. Enjoy your Monday. And Zach and I will be with you as soon as the game concludes or a little bit after the game's conclusion on late Monday night or early Tuesday morning. Until then, thanks for listening. It's getting me down, waiting up for you. It's Allie and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Winester is the fact that I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Winester, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Winester is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. What's also ideal about Winester is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Winester.com. We've got BSN25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first order. 